Welcome to episode 6 of the Transforma tu Inglés Profesional podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Smith. Today, I will be talking with Alistair, an amazing coach from my team, all about why the word couple can be tricky, why we don't use the expression my half orange in English, how to use the expression every cloud has a silver lining, and why it is not always bad when you're fired. This podcast is aimed at helping you push your business English communication skills to the next level so that you can grow professionally and achieve your international career goals. So, without further ado, let's get straight into it. Enjoy! Hi everyone, today we're going to quickly look back at an expression that came up at the end of the last episode, which was the expression, my couple. Now, what happens in many situations is that Spanish speakers often just use this particular expression because they are translating directly from Spanish. So as usual, Alistair is here with me to discuss all these things. Hi, Alistair. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. And you? I'm good. I'm good. So yeah, let's have a quick chat about this particular expression because last uh, my, uh, last week we were talking about the whole idea of business partners, right? Mm-hmm. But we just want to talk a little bit about this type of expression that sometimes comes up when Spanish uh, speakers want to say mi pareja, right? Yes, because sometimes they say my couple. Exactly. Because obviously when it's two people is a couple. But the problem is in English couple is always two so it can only be two people two people or two things you could have a couple of a couple of minutes so i'll be with you in a couple of minutes two minutes now a couple of beers last night i went out with some friends we had a couple of beers two beers obviously in that case is not precise could be two or a few more so it always means two so obviously you cannot refer to your to your partner your uh, wife husband boyfriend girlfriend as as your couple it doesn't make sense you are a couple the two of you together and each one of you is the other one's partner exactly so you would say my yeah. partner not my couple we are a couple and my partner i uh, know is a lawyer or a doctor or whatever That's you right. want to refer to That's right. Exactly. Exactly right. And so, yeah, this is just one of those very, very common mistakes, right? And which is kind of useful to highlight because it's it's just immediately uh, obvious that uh, if you use that type of expression, that it's you're you're you know you're not exactly using a very native way of expressing that particular mm-hmm. thing, right? So you know, couple does exist in English. It absolutely does, but we should definitely try to avoid it when we're talking about our partners. Now, of course, if you don't want to use the word partner, because of course you can use business partner, but partner by itself will normally refer to like your romantic partner. But Mm -hmm. of course you can also use other words like my wife, my husband, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, right? That's that's a way of avoiding this particular type of, you know, type of mistake, let's say. Yeah. I mean, often people say they're partner because they're not married. So it's not, Technically, legally speaking, it's not your husband or wife. Exactly. Yeah. Although some people still use those terms, even when strictly speaking, it's not legally exactly. your husband or wife, but it's a convenient word to use. No. Yeah. But if you want to avoid that, and if you say my girlfriend, boyfriend, 
perhaps it doesn't sound particularly serious. So if you want to say, you know, this is the person I live with in a serious long-term relationship, uh, as if we were married, but you're not married, then the word that people often use is my partner. It makes exactly. it sound like a more serious long-term relationship. Absolutely. So it's a useful word. It is. It is. It is. And, you know, just so that it's kind of clear to everyone, you know, that that this type of is, is a mistake that's very, very common, let's say, and mm. is, is something that, you know, is best avoided if possible. But that doesn't mean, of course, that you should forget completely the word couple, right? Because it can be used in a whole variety of different scenarios. And especially as we as you mentioned at the beginning, right, where where you're just talking about two things, two particular things, a couple of beers or whatever, right? Mm. Now, when we were preparing this, obviously, we were we're talking about other ways that you can talk about your partner, right? And we were talking about the idea of how, how Spanish speakers sometimes say mi media naranja, right? Yes, that, my half orange. My half orange, yeah, which is a really extra interesting expression, yeah. right? It's a and nice expression. It is. Can, it is. When you it's, think about it, you can imagine what it means, but it doesn't make sense in English. That's right. And I you wouldn't I, say half orange. No, no. And I always want, I wonder why particularly the orange or why it couldn't have been yes, another type an of apple fruit. or <laughs> some other you know, fruit. Maybe it's be, or maybe a it's, pear, going back to pear-shaped. Well, that's not? right. My half yeah. pear. But may, may, I, when I've always heard that expression, I've always felt that orange, it must be partly because, you know, Spain was a, is an orange-producing oh, well, yes. uh, country, you know? So I've, I've no idea. Oh, well, I've, it's never occurred to me before until now. Yeah. I suppose many other fruits are not perfectly circular so if you if you cut it in half they're not necessarily exactly each half That's identical true. yeah but an orange being perfectly round or usually you yeah. cut it in half they are sort of two equal halves, halves. That's right. perhaps i don't know a pear or some other fruit maybe not or That's probably true. as you say it's just oranges are very common fruit spain is an orange producer yeah, that's right. That's An exporter. Right. Yeah, so let's just make it absolutely clear that uh, yeah, in English that doesn't work. Although obviously we've heard it from our clients in the in the past, um, and that's why it kind of like it struck us, right? And it was like so it's something that kind of is is interesting for us why a, a client might potentially come up with that type of expression. But definitely in English, my my half orange is is not an expression, and certainly most. I mean, we are kind of used to it almost. And somebody yeah, would, some, as you understand it, you don't question it. That's right. But if you kind of said that to a native speaker in the UK, they would be, be like, completely what? confused, yeah. right? Well, they'd, they'd understand be... literally half an orange. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but we can, I mean, we can use the word half. So we do have the same concept without the orange bit. We do. We do. So what exactly. would we say? Well, yes, we would say basically that we would use the expression my other half. Yeah, we could ask it sometimes add in my... Hi there, just a very quick interruption. Hopefully you're able to understand everything in this episode, but if you need a little extra help, then you can download the transcript totally free and read along as we speak. If you're interested, just go to the show notes and find the link. Now let's get back to the show. Other significant half, right? But mm. over overall, I would say my other half generally. Yeah, that's the most common expression. Yeah. Yeah. So you you could potentially say something like, my other half isn't here this weekend or is away this weekend or something yeah, like that. Right? For example. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so the same concept, just without the, the fruit. That's right. 
That's right. Without the fruit. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's always kind of important, I think, for people to, you know, get a connection in the brain somehow, mm. somehow right? And so if yeah. you, if you kind of think of that Spanish expression of half an orange, well, just literally just take out that orange element and you've almost got the, got the English expression, right? My other half, you have to remember that word, the other, obviously, but yeah, my, my other, other half. half, not my half, not my half, must be no, my other half. that's right. That's right. It's important, right, to remember th- those things. But the link is there, you know, because it was almost, you know, you are, you have got that idea of half. You just have to kind of get my other half that in there, you know. Exactly. But, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's hopefully sorted out that particular issue that came up right at the end of our last episode. But we also wanted to kind of go back to an expression that we touched on in our first episode, which is basically the idea of every cloud has a silver lining, right? And so maybe we can go a little bit into a little bit more detail about that one, Alistair. Yeah. Well, I said that at the end of my passport story. Right. Yes. And the idea was, well, as I got my passport back and, and the letter from the British High Commissioner, if listeners remember that story, if you haven't heard it, I'd recommend to go back and listen to it. It's quite amusing or interesting yeah and it had a sort of happy ending so it was a bad situation because obviously losing your passport especially in a foreign country when you're away on holiday is not good we talked about the holiday going pear-shaped that was the negative so the cloud represents the negative in the expression so the cloud would be a black cloud that there's a storm coming it's going to rain maybe thunder and lightning but within the cloud inside which is the idea of the lining So the lining is something interior, like in your jacket or your suit jacket or your coat, you would have some soft material inside the jacket or the coat that's called the lining. I think in Spanish is the foro. I hope I've got the right word. So within the cloud, you have a silver lining, silver plata, obviously something valuable. Mm -hmm. So there is something good inside the, the black cloud that is bringing the storm. So from something bad, something good can happen. So my passport story was the fact that I lost my passport, but in the end I had it sent back to me from India with a letter from the British High Commissioner, which was, yeah. which was very nice. So there was yeah. sort of a happy ending. Something good or something positive came from basically a negative situation. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we kind of, we were thinking about, you know, what, what type of expression would be the equivalent, right? In, in mm-hmm. Spanish. And uh, we, we did a little bit of research into that. And I kind of knew this expression already, mm. but we, we thought we would look it up nonetheless, right? And, mm. and so basically the equivalent in Spanish is no hay mal que por bien no venga, right? Mm-hmm. Which actually both of us agreed Ex- that is a little bit difficult for us to remember, right? That, one, that particular expression. Yeah, although it's very explanatory. So it is. Yeah, yeah, it the is. Every cloud has a silver lining. You really have to think about the, what it means, no? You have to yes. analyze it, but the Spanish expression more or less explains exactly what it means. That yes. from in something fact, bad, there's always something good happening. Yeah, that's right. In fact, the, the Spanish expression is kind of a little bit easier overall. Easy to so, understand. So we we should we should really definitely get yeah. better at remembering. Yeah, I don't know why I was promised to. I know basically what it is, but I never quite remember exactly the the words and the order of the words. So yeah. I always get it slightly wrong. 
And I think that's also quite interesting, right? Because mm. both of us potentially, were, if a Spanish speaker said that expression to us, or, you know, oh, yeah, we I would understand it, it immediately. Immediately. But, yeah. And so that's perfect, right? That's, uh, we, would, we would hardly un- understand it just because literally the expression is self-explanatory, right? But, but it's also a difference between like uh, comprehension and sort of output, right? There, mm-hmm. there is a big difference there. And I think that, you know, it's, it's really important that obviously you understand an expression but it's always that little bit more difficult to with the output of actually using it right i, th- I think that yeah. is you know you ha- you have to practice these things to be honest well i think the english expression is very is a very nice expression it's very it it's quite poetic no the yeah it is the it imagery is. of it you know every cloud has a silver lining yeah yeah, uh, yeah but obviously it's not very self explanatory you have to think about it yeah, yeah. so so an eight, if you never heard that expression before I, I imagine a lot of our listeners listening to that first podcast, well, maybe they didn't even catch the expression, because if you don't know the words, for example, lining, you, it would be difficult to understand just the words. And then Absolutely, even if yeah. you if you understand the words, it's not that easy to get the meaning. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's metaphorical, no? It is. It is. Exactly. Exactly. So, so there would even be on the English with the English expression, there potentially could even be an obviously an issue in terms of comprehension. So, so you really have to know the expression. You might not, you might not get it. You might literally might not get it. It's very easy that you might not get it. Whereas on the Spanish expression, it's something that's a a little bit, a little bit easier to understand. Yeah. If I'd never heard it before, I'd I'd get the idea. Somebody said, because it is quite self-explanatory, no? It is, it is, it is. Yeah, so what we thought we would do is that we'd basically just uh, create a little story around this particular expression. And so I've thought of a story in my life where that this particular expression could be applied. So, so this is what I'm going to hopefully uh, make our listeners sort of remember this expression through a particular story, which I think always helps, okay? Yeah. And okay. yeah, and so essentially this little story is about my first job. In fact, uh, my first job that I ever had, and the I actually got this job when I moved back to my hometown, which is Bournemouth. But actually, I didn't get the job in Bournemouth. I got it in a town very close to Bournemouth, which is called Wimborne, which is a tiny village, tiny village. And interestingly, I got the job uh, offer on the 11th of September 2001. That sounds very familiar. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah on, on the 11th of september 2001 of course when the 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 twin towers were attacked i mm. yeah i i got a job offer on that particular day and that that should have already told me that something was kind of going to go wrong with this particular job right it was kind of a, a very much a bad omen and so obviously uh, a few weeks later i, I started the job And uh, I kind of found out within the first few days that they didn't really have much work for me to do. I was kind of sitting in the office. I was kind of looking at the computer, doing sort of bits and bobs, as we say in English. But I, I really didn't have much to do and i and the i wasn't getting much of a connection with the other the other employees either it was like something mm-hmm. that was kind of just didn't look as if it was kind of going in the right direction right? it was a bit boring it was a bit boring i also even when i did actually have to do some work i wasn't really it was very much sort of the idea of report writing something that i wasn't really very interested in so so i kind of did that for like it was about three or four months i thought something like that and then one day the my manager came came up to me and said sort of can i can i have a quick word with you and of course that is a very 
English type of expression, right? It's something a very useful expression as well. Can I have a quick word with you? It's yeah. kind of basically where you want to, you know, have a, uh, and often it kind of does signify something that bad is going to come along. Yeah, it could be, uh oh. <laughs> what? What that's, right. that's right not so necessarily we, but... not necessarily no no it depends can also on the tone be of voice that's perhaps. right yeah, yeah that's right and uh, so we went down to a meeting room and and he basically told me that it would be kind of best if we went our separate ways and they were going to have to let me go it's now a very polite way to put it yes exactly we, we exactly. have to let you go we have to let you go exactly which basically in english means that you know that you are it's the process of firing someone or sacking someone, right? And uh, and it's a kind of is a good expression to to learn if you are if your job is related to that and you need to do that in English. And so when that actually happened, I was yeah because it was my first job. I was really really shocked, uh, very shocked. Mm -hmm. And I can remember thinking, you know, oh my god, they 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 fired me, you know. And the but the interesting thing there is really although I had that idea in my mind, you know that. Um, that they'd fired me. My parents actually, you know, made it kind of quite clear to me later on that technically they hadn't actually fired me because I was still in the probationary period, you see, because I'd, ah, I was actually just, in a six-month hmm. probationary period. So not renewed your contract. That's not, very, yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, technically, you're not being dismissed. Another that's word. Right. Yeah, another word. Yes. So it was something that uh, for me was quite shocking, partly because it was my first job. And I thought that that would never happen to me. I thought that, you know, we're just starting this process, you know, but uh, certainly it was it was what happened. And, uh, you know, in the end, of course, we now I need to explain why this is was actually a silver lining. Why? Why was this process actually something good? Although it seemed something like something bad initially, mm. why was it something good? And what happened was, is that I essentially obviously had to think about what to do, but, but I, I, I basically had to look around for a, for a different type of job. And eventually I, I moved to London and it was definitely much more of a place that I enjoyed living. That's for sure. It mm -hmm. was kind of much more multicultural. It was uh, completely different to, to, to the village, to, yeah, to Bournemouth. And so, so in the end, I got, let's say, or what I would say is kind of almost my dream job when I moved to London. I was kind of like in, a, in an office with very young people, people from all around the world doing the job that I really, really, really enjoyed. And I stayed there for five years. And I have to say, I mean, I haven't since then, I haven't really worked in an office, but that that period of that experience was, was definitely a very, so it's very, very dynamic enjoyable. environment. Yes. No? Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Cosmopolitan. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so from from my point of view, that that particular experience definitely sort of could be sort of applied uh, to this particular expression, right? Every cloud has a silver lining because the cloud was obviously getting fired, but mm. the, the, the silver lining was that I had to look for this new job and, uh, and the new job was absolutely amazing. Yeah. A big improvement on the first one. That's right. That's right. And you so, got to live in London, you know, exciting city to live in when you're particularly young. Absolutely. And you've got a new job, meeting new people, going out, exploring the city apart from the job. So the social life also, I imagine, was was exciting. It was. It was. Absolutely. I mean, that was, that was something that we, it was all completely different, partly because uh, of the sort of socioeconomic situation of of London, right? L lots of people, young people live in London. There's lots mm. of things to do for, for you know, almost 
like in many big cities, right? There's there's almost something new you can do every single weekend, and and that and that was definitely the case. Everybody was the similar age to me, uh, and so for 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 me, it was just yeah, uh, to, you had a to, great time. Absolutely, we should absolutely. explain to listeners Bournemouth is a sort of sleepy retirement, well, seaside town on the south coast. How far from London would it be on? On the train? Or? On the train, it's about two hours, I think. Two it's hours about, away. yes, something like that. Mm. And also by car, sim- similar, similar. Yeah. It might be two and a half by train. I can't remember exactly, mm. but yeah. And it has a sort of reputation in the UK with lots of people retire there. That's there true. Has a relatively good climate being on the south coast of England by the sea. Yes. Pleasant place to live. Yes, yes. There's a lot of lot of retired people there. So obviously Absolutely. quite, for a, for a young person... A little bit of a boring place to live, not a lot going on, shall we say, compared to obviously living in London. That's true. That's true. The interesting thing about Bournemouth is that when I've spoken with uh, clients about Bournemouth, a lot of them suddenly say, oh, I've been to Bournemouth. And because ah, that, yes. that is the other, I mean, if, if Bournemouth has two particular claims uh, to fame, that's right, claims to fame. It's partly what you said, which is obviously a whole, a huge population of, of sort of retired people. But the other and a significant part of the economy of the town is actually related to the whole idea of English schools it's true yeah. the south coast in general brighton is another yes. yes absolutely very popular with students to do yeah. summer well all year round but particular summer intensive so in fact maybe bournemouth is not that boring because it must have a you know with young people coming from all over the world to study english at least that's, in the summer that's right i suppose that gives it a bit like a university town that it gives does, it a bit yes. of life no? it does it does it does and so, but i think it does depend on you know which type of environment you're in of mm. course i was actually working in a even a village outside bournemouth it so was e- like even sm- sleepy even, even sleepy that's right that's right but but bournemouth itself is is obviously quite attractive i think as a place mm. to go and learn english partly because most of the yeah, the population has a doesn't have a strong accent. For example, the, mm, there's it's no quite neutral. quite neutral accent, and of course, you have to talk about the beach. Of course, at Bournemouth, yes. I mean, the, the the Bournemouth beach is one of those types of beaches that is often on the news as you know as an image of all the people who have been you know on this hot, particularly hottest day of yeah, the year. The, the occasional you know. heat wave, yeah, and they'll show yeah that beach full of people, no, like a Benidorm. <laughs> the English yes. Benidorm. Well, it's not English. It's different, but the image of the beach covered with people. That's on right. A hot summer's day. That's right. Exactly. So I've yeah. never been to Bournemouth, so I don't know. All, all my ideas of Bournemouth, or the the stereotypes I've just said, yeah, is exactly that stereotypes. Just the yeah. image that people in the UK have of Bournemouth, having never been there, like me. So sure. that sleepy, lots of old retired people. Sure. But sure. it's true. Most people wouldn't think of the of the foreign student element in the summer. So it's probably yes. a lot more lively place than most of us think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. I wouldn't say it's completely dead. That's for sure. No. It is. It Maybe does in th- winter, but I think yeah, you know, summer. Summer. There's yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot going yeah. on in summer. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. So there you go. That was my story related to the old idea of every cloud has a silver lining. For me, it That's... definitely was the was that that situation when I when yeah, it's a very good example. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And even right. with things like the pandemic, which. Is obviously a very serious thing and nobody's going to say really it's positive because mm-hmm. obviously all the terrible things that have happened but even with something as terrible as a pandemic with covid there are some positive aspects have come out of it that's so right I've had quite a lot of conversations with people about well it's been terrible in so many ways but at least now i know 
people for me for example i'm i for two years now i've been working from home so sure. so remotely so i don't i used to travel around in my car all day from place to place company to company yeah so doing a lot of kilometers and with a, the price of petrol at the moment i'd be almost bankrupt sure. if i was still driving around my car all day like i did doing thousands of kilometers with the cost of the fuel at the moment yeah it'd be so yeah staying at home for me has many many more advantages than disadvantages so from something very negative like the pandemic for me personally in terms of my work for me has been positive so you know yeah every cloud has a silver lining even as cl- a cloud as black and as negative as a, as a pandemic there's something you can find or not everybody but some people in my case positive no that's come yeah. out of the the negative yeah yeah and i think that is uh true for many people in fact maybe maybe not for everyone as, as i i guess depends on your uh, job yeah. it does it does and i think that more and more people are getting back to mm. to their uh, sort of office environments now yeah. that's true mm. but i think that there still remains uh, more of a focus let's say of uh, of a work-life balance maybe maybe people are actually being able to achieve a, a better work-life balance yeah. after after the after the pandemic uh, than potentially before who knows who knows yeah i mean most of my students uh they've gone back to the office but they're not five days a week exactly so most exactly. of them are doing two days at home for example three days in the office or some combination um and most of them seem to appreciate that which maybe they weren't able to do before but now it's become such a normal thing people have got used to working online remotely you know with all the, you know zoom and teams etc that it's become much more normalized than it was before absolutely so you yeah. know there's something i think but well positive for the environment if people are using the cars less polluting less true contaminating less absolutely for example so yeah there's always yeah. something you know every as i say every cloud has a silver lining so <laughs> yeah exactly it doesn't matter exactly. how bad the situation is you can always find some some positive aspect to it yeah Exactly. Great, Alistair. That's perfect. I think that we have definitely explained that idea. Hopefully, mm-hmm. the, sto- hope so. the, the story will help people to remember that particular type of expression. Mm-hmm. Obviously, also kind of, again, focusing on that idea of the difference between just understanding it and then really using it. Really using it, you do need to practice it. You really need to get it ca- coming out and, and vocalizing it, right? Because expressions mm-hmm. are really, you know, they 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 not not particularly easy to sort of insert into a conversation if you haven't practiced them that's what i definitely would say so maybe our listeners could practice by they could write if they send us an email Mm -hmm. and they could uh, give us an example of from their own life of some similar kind of situation that you had where from something negative came something positive so we'd welcome any any stories any anecdotes from people to to illustrate the expression and that could help them to remember it Absolutely, absolutely. We definitely would encourage all our listeners to to write in uh, with any particular stories using that particular expression. Absolutely, I think that's a great idea. And then maybe we can even mention some of those stories yeah, in could future episodes. Read out some on the yeah, on yeah the podcast. So, so yeah, absolutely. and we welcome any feedback in general and previous expressions we've used. People could the same. They could write in and give us some examples. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic idea. I do. I do agree with that. So yeah, you will get the email at the end of this episode. So just wait for that. And then yeah, the more we the better it is for us to be honest. And in general feedback about the about the podcast itself is also very, very useful for us. So yeah, so maybe we'll finish there for this particular week. Thank you very much, Alistair, for your time. And we'll see each other next week.
Okay. Okay. Cheers. All right. See you then. Bye-bye.